It's September 10th, 2020, and you're listening to the Architecture Geeks podcast. I'm Larry. And I'm Matthew. And we're your friendly neighborhood architects being geeky as we want to be. Well, hello again, everybody. Thank you for giving us a good, solid, I guess, technically two weeks off. Yeah, I guess two weeks off, whatever. Um, so we didn't do a podcast last week, but that's that's perfectly fine. I was in Colorado relaxing with my in-laws. And I know before you say that, really, you're going to relax with your in-laws? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, relaxing with my in-laws. Trust me, it's it's really easy to do. They, they live outside of this small town, uh, southern Colorado, and they're on 32 acres. So not a ton of things to do, which is perfect. Uh, so it was it was a nice nice to get away. Oh, and the best thing is, I found out that my mother in law listens to the podcast. How about that? Hey, yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty kind of kind of pretty cool. And uh, so, Mary, if you're listening, hi. Um, thank you for for listening. But the the funny thing that that kind of got me, and and I I just about fell over. She goes, you know, Matthew sounds so young. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, because Matthew is young. I'm like, he's 31. But she said she seems to think that you do sound a lot younger. I uh, I guess I should take that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, he's he's pretty young. I mean, he's, you know, 21 years younger than me. So, yeah, that's that makes him you're still a baby. But anyway, she she listens to the podcast. So I thought that was kind of fun and kind of cool. And we had a had a really good time, actually. Um, got to walk around downtown Trinidad, which is just out, you know, where they live outside of. And it's, I mean, the town's been around forever, but the really cool buildings, and they've been doing, they've done a great job of kind of revitalizing downtown and repurposing buildings. So you don't, you're not walking through what is basically a deserted downtown which is really kind of nice. Um, actually, not kind of nice. It really is nice when you consider that a lot of cities will simply leave the downtown, the old downtowns to rot and move everything else out to the outer edges or closer to the freeway, so to speak. But yeah, it was, it was a good time. So kind of glad to be back. It was um 10-hour car ride, but that's that's okay. We, we, we made it, got home. And just sort of collapsed for the rest of the evening. But yeah, back to work and back to the podcast. And, and speaking of Larry's relatives, that's where we got today's podcast from. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we'd we like to thank Jessica, Larry's niece, for bringing this idea for today's discussion. She's a, a longtime listener to our podcast and also happens... <laughs> and, and she also happens to be an architect as well. She texted Larry last week asking about mentorship because she knows that you are my mentor. And she asked some very specific questions about mentorship that we felt like would make a good podcast today. Yeah. And, and what some, some of what brought this up, too, was that she had the senior project manager in her office passed away very unexpectedly. So my niece, who is a licensed architect... And has experience, but doesn't have as much experience as this person was suddenly found herself sort of thrust into this role of being the 
the person in some ways, I guess, responsible for the interns and the younger, younger staff members. So suddenly mentoring became a very, very important talk, topic. So today we thought we'd talk about mentorship from both sides, since I am technically Matthew's mentor. And we talk about the mentor-mentee relationship and with an emphasis on how to help as a mentor. And the reason we'd like to do that, or we want to emphasize how to help, is because you may hear people talk about finding a mentor and the importance of it, but there's less discussion about how to really help. And we're going to explore the mentorship, mentorship here through some questions that Matthew and I have prepared for each other because, you know, I've been Matthew's mentor for seven years. And if that doesn't make me feel old now, I, I don't know what it's going to be in another three or four. But yeah, seven years. And hopefully by answering each other's questions, you might get some insight into what your role as a mentor might be or what are, what are, what your role as a mentee might be. And some of the things that maybe you can do to help sort of facilitate the discussion and to sort of build that relationship with your mentor. So um, I guess we're off and running. Yeah. And, and I, I'll, I'll go first. I'll, I'll start you off with a softball, Larry. How did we first meet and how did you become my mentor after our first meeting? How did we meet? That's, that's easy because I, I really, I'm, I mean, I can almost tell you exactly where we met um, it's, I can see the space, but I just can't think of the name of it, which is crazy, but we met at the architecture happy hour. So this was back in 2013. I think you had just graduated with your master's. You didn't have a job yet. And I know, we, we were probably a good 30 to 45 minutes into the happy hour. And you came wandering in and we're like, well, who's this person? Because we've never seen him before. And because you do start to see the same people over at the happy hour. And you came in, and I think I think Holly was up front and gave you your, your name tag, and then you and I started talking, and we just sort of dragged you over into the middle of everything and said, well, here you go. And, and I don't know how I became your mentor after that first meeting. I'm not sure really what the, the genesis of that is. I know that, that I, I most likely had you send me your resume and your portfolio because we have you know, as, as firm owners and people looking, you know, this is after the recession. So people were still looking for jobs. We would get the occasional resume and portfolio just randomly emailed to us or sometimes actually mailed to us, which is would happen, believe it or not. So we tended to like to give that a look, you know, if you give me your resume and your, your portfolio, I'm going to take a look and I'm going to give you some sort of feedback because I think that as, as an architect and as a firm owner, that's probably the least that I could do for you. And I'm guessing that's probably where that started. But that's how I recall things. And seriously, it's going to drive me crazy because I can picture the showroom. And I just can't think of whose showroom <laughs> it was. I mean, seriously, there, there are elements to this that I could, I could probably almost draw you a map of the space. But I don't remember the name. So that's, that's where we met. It was Architecture Happy Hour. Yeah, and and I'll I'll put my two cents in just so we get both sides. Is yeah, I you're right. Uh, what I remember about our first meeting was well, I needed a job. <laughs> I had just graduated in 2013, and the world as a whole was really just starting to recover from the 2008 crash. Things were looking up 
from a job's perspective for me, but I was still having trouble finding one. Seeing as I just graduated and had no real world experience thanks to being in school during the crash with no intern, no summer internships being available at all. <laughs> Faye, my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, uh, encouraged me to find local networking events that I could potentially meet someone who might be looking to hire or maybe know someone who would be looking for someone fresh out of school. <laughs> and I'm an introvert, so these things are somewhat intimidating to me, but I was able to, I, Larry mentioned I was about 30 minutes late into the, into the showroom. Well, that's because I spent the first 30 minutes trying to, in the car, trying to, to, to rev myself up to go inside because it was kind of nervous making for me. I will say this, you definitely seem nervous. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I was able to finally get in there and I started talking with you about being fresh out of school and looking for work. And, you know, while your old firm wasn't really looking to hire anyone, you know, you gave me your card and we started emailing. And yes, like you said, you marked up my portfolio and resume and and, and just like, OK, keep going. <laughs> but but we, we stayed in touch over the first few months. You know, I came to the the next happy hour and and you you kept responding to any emails that I, I sent your way and, and really just stayed in touch afterwards. So I think it just kind of grew organically from there. And, and the, that's the point. And, and I guess the point here is that, you know, when I met Larry, you know, he actually gave me some of his time and cared to spend 10 minutes to talk with me and then to continue the conversation, both over email and then over phone when I'd call him up and ask for some advice during in the early days. And, and so as that's one way as, as a mentor, you can help, you know, give someone your time without making it feel like it's a drain because people pick up on that type of thing. It, it's incredibly common to talk with someone for a while and just get the sense that as soon as the conversation ends, you're just going to go back to being background noise. So when you get to the point in your life where you feel like you can mentor someone, you usually have the experience to be in a position of some importance at your firm. So it's easy to just brush off the little guy and coming fresh out of school with no experience definitely makes you the little guy. So speaking from my experience with finding my first job, you know, people were polite and kind to your face, but you could really tell the people who were just talking to you because they're obligated to, and the people who actually took the time to help me because they genuinely wanted to. And as a mentor, you should want to be there and take the time to do so. Schedule regular meetings and don't cancel them last minute. And when you are there, be present and willing to discuss problems, concerns, or anything that may come up over the course of conversation. Well, definitely. I, th I think... I think that's, you know, if you're going to be a mentor, if that's your intent and that's what you have to do, you have to give your time to that and, and not brush off the person that you're, you're working with. But the, I think some of the bigger challenge here is, you know, if looking back at this, I mean, you, you, in some ways, I think you got lucky in that we were doing the architecture happy hour. And so there was a venue for you to come in and possibly meet somebody or you know, meet several somebodies who might be able to do that for you, you know, put, put themselves into a mentor position 
but if you had to do it again, I'm, I'm, so this is because I've, I've honestly never really looked for a mentor for myself. And I don't know why that's a, maybe a question for my shrink, but if you had to do this all over again, but you know, assuming that there wasn't a happy hour to go to, how would you, how would you go about finding a mentor now if you had to do it all over again? To me, the the most obvious way would just be to go to maybe other networking events and just talk about it. Now that was significantly easier back when we could still do in-person events, but the AIA puts on local events and other architects have open studios. I remember going to the happy hours put on by your old office and, and talking with some of the other people in the business who would have an end of the week office party and would have an open invitation to people they knew to stop by and say hi and maybe stay for a drink or two. And and that's another good way to meet people. And and if all else fails, cold call. When I was looking for my first job, you told me to just start cold calling offices. And and I can think of no other better way to find a mentor as well. Like even if they don't have any openings, you might see if someone in the firm was available for lunch. And it may be a little awkward when you first meet, but you know, you're still in the same industry. If all else fails, just talk shop during for in the for the duration. You'll eventually find something that both of you can relate to. And if and if that doesn't work, my my last idea on how you might go about finding a mentor these days is and and this is the most interesting to me at least, was to just go online. When I was looking for my first job, I actually found a few postings in online job boards from nonprofit organizations who were specifically looking for volunteer mentors practicing architecture. It's a bit unconventional, but why not? You know, that's the age that we're living in now. So that would bring me to our next how to maybe on being a mentor is be open to the idea of being a mentor it's not uncommon for this to sneak up on you rather than for you to be called up from the bullpen. <laughs> Definitely be open to the idea of, of being a mentor because you're right. They don't sort of call you up from the bullpen. Some of the AIA chapters actually have mentoring programs of some type, and they may call them like an emerging leader program or young architect program. But in the old days, wow, that makes me sound really old in the old days, uh, the intern development program, you were required to have a mentor outside of your office, somebody that, you know, could vouch for what you were doing in the development program, but that's not a requirement anymore. Still, a lot of these chapters will have some sort of mentoring program. I know that AIA Chicago has one that is, it's just, um, I think it's like eight courses or eight sessions over eight months. So in some ways it's kind of limited, but it does give you an opportunity to find someone to interact with or maybe several someone's to interact with and, and see if you can build a relationship from there. Now, AIA Seattle actually has a really cool program called Laddership. And it's this ongoing program. This thing started in 2008. It was started by an architect in 2000, 2007. She started this just as, I think, a way to help the younger architects sort of connect. But since that time, they have, I mean, this is an ongoing sort of ongoing project and it's, it revolves around 
groups with a, a, a mentor in the lead position and then a small group of people that, that they all communicate together. I think right now the they said there's like five or six groups going, but this has been going on continuously since 2007 and it continues to grow and people can tend to kind of come in and out of it. So you have these organizations that are doing programs like this and look for that opportunity. Look where you can to, to find the help that you need. You know, like I said, these are AIA chapters that are doing these things. You know, worst case scenario, pick up the phone, like Matthew said, and cold call somebody and simply say, Hey, I'm looking for a mentor. Do you know if there's anybody there that'll do it? Yeah. Yeah. Again, it, it, it sounds a little awkward, but you know, sometimes, sometimes it ends up working out. Yeah, so, sometimes awkward works just fine. <laughs> well, and and that'll bring me to my next question. Why, when we first met, why did you keep answering my emails? Most other architects I talked to or met with would give my portfolio a, gr- a critique, just like you did, ask about my education and experience, and then find some polite way to end the conversation either immediately or a week or two down down the road but why 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 did you keep going because i didn't know what i was getting into <laughs> uh, that's actually that's that's not true i think so one of the things that that really came as a firm the you know we started in january 2008 just in time for the economy to tank so we were coming very much from a place as firm owners of what can we do to help other architects, you know, it's it. We need to help ourselves, but we are not lone people in this in this disaster, so to speak. So, when it came to sharing information or connecting to other people, I think there was there's just that that desire to help. I mean, it, even before we met you, you know, we were getting resumes and cover letters and portfolios, and we would, unless we just didn't have time to or or there's something about it that we just were like, oh, this is disaster. We would typically look over people's cover letters and resumes. We weren't hiring, but we had no problem looking over what you sent us and sending you feedback because we thought that was important. We thought it was important that you hear from someone about maybe how you can improve your chances or what we might be looking for that may may help you in your resume. In fact, I I, I know I did that with yours. I was looking through your resume and I'm like, I got to a part where I'm like, well, this is really fascinating. And I don't know why you've got it buried down here in the bottom, because clearly that tells me a lot about you and what you can do. Maybe not necessarily as an architect, but what you bring to the table as you are becoming an architect. So for me, that was that was just, I think there was just some interest there. But, but the other thing too is, you know, you kept asking. And I think there's also a little bit of ego stroking going on because it's nice to be asked. I think it's nice to be nice to have someone to reach out to you and say, hey, can you help me with this? And I don't know. I, the funny thing is, is I didn't think about it as I am being your mentor. I was just helping out some kid who had come out of the school and was new to the world and just needed some help. And that was really sort of where my head was, I think, it just that. You know, it was nice to be asked and I was happy to help because like I said, we, we were, we had created an environment for ourselves. I mean, especially think about the happy hour. We had been hosting 
this happy hour, by the time you got involved in it, it was, we were into year number three. And the only benefit for us was that we got to meet other people. So this, this was just, just, I think, just an extension of that. And, and of course, you know, you kept calling and emailing and it's kind of rude for me just to ignore you. So, <laughs> so, so here we are, which is interesting because I think if some of the other people who had reached out to us had, had followed in your vein and had been as maybe persistent that the three of us would have all been mentoring someone instead of just me mentoring you. How's that for an answer? Wow. Well, I'll take it. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, and, and, and it's the interesting thing I think is that it has become as much as I have become a professional mentor to you, there are also personal aspects of the relationship that have developed over time. So you not only reaching out to me as an architecture mentor, but as an older friend who might have a broader life experience and maybe able to answer some questions for you as, you know, or help you out with things. And I think that's, that's been the interesting thing for me to, to evolve out of this is it's not just about a, a working relationship. It's become sort of a also personal relationship. So. Oh, I'd agree um, with that. And, and I, I would like to add in there that it, 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 it does become if you can get past that that initial awkwardness it, it can be something a lot more fun like you as a mentor i think you should be prepared for a little bit of personal stuff i i asked you about relationship advice at some point when i was i wasn't struggling with the decision of of getting married i was just contemplating i guess i would like to put it cuz i know Faye might 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 actually listen to this one so I think it was actually. I think of it as as the the look of terror in your eyes um, when it when I think the first the first subject first came up because I I knew you had been you know obviously you guys have been together long enough that you were thinking about it but now suddenly this is a real thing and you came in and you're like they asked me this question and I'm just like I, I if you if you had if you were the type of person who liked to drink, I would have immediately gotten you a cocktail because I thought, yeah, you really need, <laughs> you really needed one. But, but at the same time, it was, it was nice because I think at that point, you know, James and I had been together probably 15 years, maybe. So, you know, I was, I, we were, you know, pretty well into actually longer than that, pretty well into my own relationship with James. So there was definitely a perspective that, that I could share there. And I think that's, that's what's been fun to come out of this is to have that that relationship as well. But back to actual mentoring, if we want to want to get there, is the one of the questions my niece asked was, "Do you really need an official mentor, or is it fine to just have a friend?" Because she's heard it's it's good good to find someone outside of your office instead of finding a friend in the office. I mean, having a friend's fine, but you know, is is it? That important to have someone that you officially think of as a mentor, and I guess because you don't have to do it for IDP anymore or AXP anymore, that's not really an official requirement. But what do you think? I mean, what what are your thoughts on this? Well, I I would say that you need both because to me, a mentor is someone who has more experience and maybe different experience than you that you can really go to for advice or help depending on the situation. Friends are there to commiserate with you or to help you study for the architecture registration exams. Your mentor is the one to push you to take the tests when you've been procrastinating. <laughs> I found it 
to be valuable to have someone outside the office. Your your mentor should be someone that you can go to for advice at any point. And there's an inherent conflict of interest if your mentor works with you and you go to them for advice about a new job search or just even to gritch about office politics. In my first job in architecture, I had a boss who gave me a quote unquote weekend folder and proceeded to fill it (laughs) with all the stuff that we needed to get done over the weekend, except the understanding was that we were to be in the office almost every weekend, whether or not it was necessary. He just liked being in the office working and expected the rest of his team to do the same. And after six months straight of getting called in almost every other weekend, without a pressing deadline that we had to meet, I was just really burned out. And being able to have someone outside my chain of command that I was able to vent my frustration to and talk about what an actual normal working environment was, was incredibly helpful because that was my first job. I didn't know, or I didn't have any baseline to judge, you know, is this normal? Is this not? I I could see within the office that the other teams weren't working on the weekends. So I had a little bit of perspective, but talking to you about that, you know, helped me get a handle on what, what a normal working environment was. And then you finally just flat out told me after, after a while, you just need to start looking for another job. And because that was my first job, I didn't know when to call it quits. And so if I were to distill any kind of lesson on being a mentor from this, I'd probably say that you should be honest during your conversation. If things aren't looking good, have the decency to be able to say something. You don't need to be able to sugarcoat it or find some non-existent silver lining. Larry calls the situation like it is and was able to help me see when it was time to go. That was really one of the the more interesting conversations. It was just one of the more interesting things is to sort of watch you kind of, uh, as you were approaching the end of that first year, watching you just sort of get wound down in the job, so to speak, that, that you were, you could see the frustration building and that you needed to really be doing something else. So it was, it was in some ways, I mean, I, I felt kind of bad telling you that, that, you know, hey, Matthew, it's time to find another job. But I think it's one of those things you needed to hear. And if I was in your office, I couldn't tell you that. I mean, there really is, you, you're the mentor that you're dealing with really is somebody that needs to be outside your office because you have to have that outside perspective. And it's like you said, especially when you want to vent about something, you know, we, we shared an office space with another architecture firm. And there were a number of times when one of their employees would hang around after everyone else had left and would start peppering me with questions about running the business, how we ran our business, what our marketing looked like, how we handled things. And you could tell, you know, in some ways he was curious because he's, he's in my, in my own estimation, a very entrepreneurial type of person. But at the same time, you could tell that there was some frustration coming from him because he was watching how they were doing things and didn't know if they were doing it right or didn't feel like they were doing it right and needed to talk with somebody about that. So 
So yeah, it's you you have to have that perspective. And one of the really interesting things that we found out today, we talked with Erica and Kate with AIA Seattle with the Laddership Program. They're the facilitators. One of the interesting things we found out from them was that their program doesn't have just senior level architects who are mentoring, you know, interns and people studying for their IDP. The whole reason they call it laddership is because they are engaging people at the senior, middle, and lower level. So these people are all coming together, helping one another with, you know, helping the senior people understand how some of the stuff that like maybe some of the technology things work that that they don't understand. And, and so they're all learning from each other. There's this nice mix going on. And like I said, it's been going on for years. But the other thing too is is that, you know, Matthew's right, you have to have a friend. You need to have a colleague that you can go and and just bitch to. <laughs> because I mean we all we all need that. And sometimes maybe that's our spouse, but I think I think ultimately we all need to have that person. And so you can't, don't just have a mentor, have a colleague. And, and the other interesting thing that, that Erica and Kate shared was to, to not have just one, have several mentors that are spread out over different, you know, and maybe even different, yeah, different disciplines, different um, types of architecture they're practicing. So it helps to have all of that, um, you know, ha- have a bigger pool really to pull from. So that's something to keep in mind too. So yeah, yeah, it helps to have a mentor, but also it helps to have that friend. And yes, Jessica, you really need somebody outside of the office that you can really talk to because I, I, I love Matt to death, but he is also technically your boss. So uh, <laughs> he's not the person you probably should be venting to. Oh, and and, and Matt, um, just so you know, Jessica's, boyfriend's name is Matt. So there seems to be a lot of Matt's for some reason. Uh, I, I, was, I was getting a little confused when you mentioned, I was like, wait, 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 which, which, who are we talking about? Yeah. Wait, wait, who are we talking about? <laughs> well, so I guess my next question for you is uh, what types of conversations have we had as mentor mentee that you have felt helped me along my career as an architect? Oof. That's that's kind of a I I'm not really sure where to answer that or how to answer that. I think probably the the bigger conversations that we've had, you know, when when you talk about your career is just when you've when you've been experiencing frustration about something that's going on inside the office, maybe the way projects are being handled or the the way you know you're having to work make workarounds around what your boss is doing. I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to say because I mean, we've been talking for seven years and I'd love to say my memory is that great to pull up all those conversations, but I, I really don't, I really don't know that I can say for sure. I think, I think, you know, of course, you know, the, probably the biggest, the biggest thing is really the ones where, when, when, you know, I've just told you to start cold calling people you know, look for the jobs, look for the firms you want to work for and start calling those people to see if they have jobs because you just don't know. And I think that's probably, probably really where, where those conversations help. Now I will say this, that the conversation where you had called me because you accidentally threw your boss under the bus at a, at a job meeting. I think that was probably one of the ones that, that, 
I don't know if I helped you along in your career, but I think I maybe sort of soothed, soothed things or maybe smoothed things over for you or made you feel a little better about what you had done, but also was at the same time very blunt that, well, you know what, you may lose your job because of it, but that that's the worst thing that can happen. So yeah, yeah, that was a, that was an interesting conversation to have mostly because I was in new Orleans and had been drinking already, but you know, um, when you're calling me in New Orleans, I knew knew it was important. So I thought, oh, God, I better answer this because who knows what's going on. Yeah, I, I would definitely say that was one of the more consequential conversations we've had. But I, I, I also enjoyed the the relationship advice. But also, I think I think you're right. I really enjoy or the, the conversation that had the most impact on me would have to be the ones where you're pushing me outside my comfort zone. because. I would have never have considered cold calling anybody or just going up to people and just asking random questions. And you really pushed me to to get out of my shell and 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 start doing those things. No, I totally get it. Like you said, you know, you're in and we're both introverted. We are both very introverted people. So yeah, if if you're mentoring someone and you can recognize that there are things that that they aren't comfortable with and you can push them to do something that they wouldn't normally do. I think that's a potential to really help them experience a lot of growth as a person, but also potentially within their career. And and sometimes that pays off. And I think in your case, you know, it really, it really worked out for you. At least it seems to have, because you've been at the same job for six years now, I think. Again, don't remind me how old we've gotten. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yay. Well, and, and the final question. So the last thing that, that my, my niece asked me, because she is in that position of being now being sort of a leader in her office that she wanted to know is, well, is there a difference between being a mentor and just being someone the younger staff look up to? And for me, that is very much, yes, there's a huge difference because, and I think this is part of what it says, you know, finding a mentor outside of your office and finding someone outside that you can talk to because my my first boss and the woman who became one of my business partners to me she was always my boss she was teaching me how to be an architect and she wasn't someone that I I would go to to talk about my career path because honestly I didn't know what my career path was at the time but I certainly wouldn't have gone to her and said, Hey, I'm thinking about finding a new job. Can you help me with that? Cause, cause she would have flipped out. And actually I remember telling her finally, I, I sat her down and I said, I want you to know that I've started looking for a position somewhere else. And she just, she just put her head down on the, on the conference table. And I think I just I felt like I just crushed her when I said it. And she said, well, I knew that you probably would at some point. I was just really hoping it wasn't going to be anytime soon. <laughs> So, you know, she, like I said, she was my boss and she liked having me there and she liked working with me. She just wasn't the person who was going to encourage me to, to take a different path. So, yeah, I think, I think having the younger staff look up to you is good because they're looking for you to set an example. But I would still encourage them if they need to find someone to really mentor them to really go outside and, and find somebody in another firm that can do that. And I would definitely agree. It's, it, it's like, well, I guess the saying is dipping your pen in the company ink. Now that that's a <laughs> that has a different connotation to it, I know. But 
it's not like you said don't shit where you eat. So yeah, we get it. <laughs> yeah, but but it has been it has been valuable for me to have a mentor outside of the office because I've worked for medium sized firms, I've worked for small firms, regardless of your relationship to other people in the firm, if you rely on someone in the office to be a sounding board for your opinions of the office or maybe your struggles in the office, it will always get around regardless of who you trust to tell that to. And 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 it might not even be in a in a malicious way like somebody spreading rumors. It could just be like something comes up in a conversation and then something gets casually mentioned about, you know, maybe a coworker heard that you were, you, you were unhappy working with this particular person and it ends up just getting, or getting, getting back to the, to the people you might not have rather heard that regardless of the intentions, it's still just a sticky situation to be in and to have somebody outside to be able to talk that through rather than rather than within the firm it's just a valuable thing and i know i've appreciated having it good yeah it's it's uh i i I will tell you architects like to gossip and whether we intend to or not yeah the the potential for for something that you've vented to someone in confidence potentially getting out within the office is and and the bigger the office the more likely it's going to happen i think because you know there's 300 people eventually Word's going to get around. I just, I just think it happens. But yeah, so, so that's kind of, so yeah, I think that's kind of where we are with mentoring and and being a mentor, being a mentee. You know, we've that sometimes you're looking for somebody, and sometimes the you're not. I mean, I like I said, I don't think of myself as a mentor. I've never put that in my head when I talk, when I think about Matthew, when I think about our relationship. But um, yeah, I, I, I think. You know, it's it's in some ways if it's forced on you, just kind of go with it and roll with it because um, it's it's honestly it's been probably one of the one of the better experiences in my life. So, so so if we can if we can yeah, so if we can boil our thoughts from from today into a few recommendations, it would be be open to a new mentorship opportunity if it comes along. When it does, set regular meetings calls check-ins, whatever works for you both and, and stick to them. Be honest during those conversations. Y- your mentor can't help you if you aren't giving them, giving anything for them to work with. And if you're, and you're not doing a mentee any favors by sugarcoating anything and be present, you know, being there for someone is sometimes all they need. Even if you aren't able to provide specific advice, or help them. Sometimes it's good to just have someone in your corner. And lastly, if it comes, if the time comes that you can't stick to a regular schedule or have the, the, the needed time for it, then, you know, help somebody find a new mentor or recommend someone that you feel like might be able to help in that regard. Well, and so, so Jessica, I'm hoping you're listening to this and I'm hoping that we've been able to answer all of your questions. Um, and of course, you know, you, you have my number, so you can always text me, which you obviously do. But <laughs> we will leave that there for now. If you guys want to reach out to us, of course, you can 
get me at Spotted Dog Architecture. Uh, my email is Larry at Spotted Dog Architecture.com or on Instagram and Twitter at Spotted Dog Arch. And of course, Matthew can be found at, at Arch Geek Matt on Twitter. So there we go. Yeah. And, and honestly, pe- honestly, people listening, <laughs> honestly, people like I'm addressing some giant crowd. But honestly, if you if you really want to reach out to us, please feel free to do so, because, you know, we're talking about mentoring people and we can't do that if if we aren't necessarily asked to. So uh, hopefully you've all taken something great away from this. We are going to run off for now because this has become quite the podcast and we will be back next week with something new and exciting or maybe frightening. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. In the meantime, you guys have yourself a great, great weekend. And Matt and I will talk with you later. Bye. Bye.